Hey, folks, and welcome to a very special episode of Hey Adora. I'm Force Captain Meth, they, them. I'm Princess Jenny, she, her. And we have a very special guest today. You want to say who you are, what you do? Uh, certainly. Uh, I'm Sara, or Sar, any. And I am, well, I run 5x5 five five takes on YouTube. What? I feel like we are in the presence of a legit, like, a legit, like, fandom celebrity. I just uh, work here. Yeah. I, I yes, mean, Jenny and I fucking love 5x5 five five videos across uh, all the fandoms that we are familiar with. Yep. And so we're really excited to have you on to talk about one of the juiciest Catradora episodes of all time. Yes. We are here to talk about Remember. Ah! Remember is season three, episode five. It is written by N.D. Nate Stevenson, uh, directed by Mandy Clotworthy, with storyboards by Charlemagne Coe, Steve Cooper, and Oliver Malrick. Everything is just perfect here. It's perfect. It's all perfect. It's exactly the way you want it to be in your heart and of hearts. It's so perfect. As long as you're standing near Catra when she pulled the lever. Yeah. It's exactly how you want it to be. Perfect. Everything's perfect. So some questions that I want us to kind of shake out. And folks, if you haven't seen Sar's video on 5x5, Sar uh, from 5x5's video on Remember, watch it because it's awesome. Yes, it and is. And it's so good. Uh, I watched it again last night. And so what we're going to do is kind of shake out a couple of things because it's a little ambiguous because, you know, we, our storytelling here is maybe more about the characters than the universe. Whose perfect day is it? Before we get into anything about the specifics about the episode, um, I just wanted to take a moment to just step back and admire the fucking gut-wrenching impact of the emotional stakes of this episode and just appreciate. Oh my God. Th this is an example of what we mean when we talk about all ages versus children's programming. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is not a children's show. This is a show that can easily reduce adults to tears. And it has. And it did when I was rewatching it. Both yeah, of myself same. and same. my girlfriend. We were rewatching it. Like, oh my God. Every, why is everything? Ah. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a mess. Yeah. Um, I mean, this episode contains both gut wrenching character work and nail biting plot development. Yeah. And also, it's funny. It's and also, funny. it's gay. Well, they're gay, all gay. Gay, gay, gay. But this is like the gayest gay that ever gayed. This is gayer than walking down Gay Street with a gay flag, uh, being gay while yelling gay at the top of your lungs and everyone else yelling gay back and also having gay sex the entire time. Sorry, so do you pride. think that holds up? <laughs> Sorry. I would if season five did not exist. Hmm, that's true. fair. That's fair. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's save some of our hyperbole for when we're really going to need it. Oh, I, I mean, that hyperbole, my, my gay hyperbole for season five is going to be, you know, in, you know, a uh, 17 page like dissertation. So. All right. I look forward yeah. to that. I have yep. two more bullets under my g big picture gestalt appreciation moment before we gestalt. can go back to, you know, the actual details of the episode. Um, so my second to last bullet is a proposal. I propose 
So we we have often referenced the fact that we consider the first three episodes the, the pilot movie and the last three episodes the finale movie. But I propose that these three center episodes, Moment of Truth, the last one, this one, Remember, and the next one, Portal, the mid-series finale movie, because hmm. they are incredibly stakes-raising, incredibly intense. And at the end of the season three finale which is the next episode the entire game has changed for the rest of the story yeah. and i think yeah. it has a similar impact to the first three and the last three yeah that's an interesting way to put it i mean i've always seen i mean i love looking at middle seasons because they tend to be a fulcrum like you know i think looking at mm-hmm. you know, buffy season four as the fulcrum between you know the the high school and the adult seasons right this mm-hmm. also balances mm. i i'm repeating what i said in the video but you know fuck it whatever <laughs> uh, but but it's, it's it's an interesting way to look at it that it's balancing you know two halves of the show that in some ways feel very different um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. even uh, not not to discount any, you know, anything in the earlier seasons like one and two, but there's an intensity and there's a, there's a gravitas that definitely shifts after this because like this is something because, again, like it's it's relationship focused. Like there is we've all t- talked about like there's lore, there's world building. It really is relationship focused. And here mm-hmm. there is a line crossed that is so hard that literally like, again, it's so significant that after this they won't interact until corridors. Yeah. The whole season four, they are known to interact. Yeah. The only time that they interact in season four is in the beginning when we're introducing um, uh, Devil Trouble. Uh, and there is one fight, which is actually not between Catra and Adora, but between Double Trouble as Catra. So from, but they from Adora's don't. point of view, right. From Adora's point of view, she's interacting with Catra. But they don't. Yeah. Like they they literally will not have any meaningful interactions. They will not have any conversations because which I think is so significant, like in the context of like talking about this relationship in general, I think it's so important to be like, um, because I think sometimes it's tempting or I've seen, you know, like in the earlier stages of like when the show was airing and people were discussing like, you know, the the inclination to sort of dismiss Adora's forgiveness as like maybe too cheaply earned. And it's like homegirl drew a hard line. Yeah. Like after this, like, like there's the glare, you know, the like, you know, zoomed in glare. And after this, like, she's very, like, there's no, oh God, like, can I bring Catra back? Can I help her? Can I save her? It literally only comes when Catra herself makes the move. Like, you gotta remember, again, this is huge. She punches her in the face. I think that's the next episode. It's the next episode, but But, yes. Yeah, the next episode is really when we see Adora finally draw a line when it comes to Catra. Yeah, she's like, you made your choice, now live with it. Yes. The, the, their fight at the end of, of Remember, when she's like, why the hell are you doing what you're doing? Like, look at what's yeah. happening. Um, yeah. 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 But I think uh, at the uh, end of this episode, she's still trying to save Katra and she's still in a place of grief, not in a place of anger and letting go. But, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's start at the beginning. Um, the last thing I want to say before we jump in is um, I when I was watching this episode, I was thinking about the fact that sometime way back when I remember Heather Hogan of Autostraddle saying that she believes that this show, in terms of the storytelling, the narrative, the character work, all of it is on par with Star Wars. And I agree with that. Which is interesting because it also takes so much influence from Star Wars. Indeed it does. But so. just in terms of like the level of seriousness, this is not, you know, like some silly children show. Yeah. no, I, It truly appeals to anyone at any phase of life. I think it's on par with Buffy. 
but that's just oh me. yeah that's Agreed. just me it's literally just animated and less ambiguously homoerotic fuffy i think that's yeah, i think indeed. that's a well well agreed point i think yeah. we can all agree on that yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely and we're gonna see some really awesome catra's faithful hand moments in this episode so i'm we really sure excited are. to kind of yeah. dig in yeah yeah uh, and I love that you said it's going back to the beginning because our first scene we have very much and throughout the scenes in the horde, it's very much going back to the beginning. So we start with kind of a where we were last week is Catra and Adora going, you know, everybody going through the portal. Pull the switch. Let's end this. Disembodied voices, lights, womp, 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 womp. And then slam. We kind of go back into like Adora waking up from what she believes is a dream. And Raz's voice, you were like, go back to the beginning. It's like, you need to go back to the beginning. You need to find the sword. Yeah, it's literally... Well, has that happened yet? Because that is a theme of this episode. She says it in this episode. I'm just making it. Right, 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 right. So we have Adora in her own bed and Catra pounces on her like a cat waking her up. Yeah, she wakes up with Catra's face directly in her face. Yeah, because I love when we see Catra happy. She acts more like a cat. Mm-hmm. Right here. And and back in the very beginning. <laughs> and we back remember in the very this beginning. is how they were with each other. Yep. And I love that Adora gets her own wicked spot in room, but she still has her own room. You know, she has her own yeah, bed. She's a force captain. Yeah, she has her own bed. She has a tapestry, some dressers, some exposed industrial chic pipes. And I I just I love this. And I also, yeah. This is just wonderful. So, and again, it's status quo for her to wake up with Catra in her bed. Yeah. Does she sleep with Catra in her bed, or does Catra like? It's unclear. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, we don't know if Catra came in to wake her up, or if Catra was again asleep at the foot of her bed, like it used to be in the Cadet right. barracks, and Adora's nightmare thrashing woke her up. We we really cannot say. We don't know because there is no before. Right, exactly. Yeah. But we just see Adora jump up in bed and Catra's there. Adora's freaked out and she's like fighting and Catra's like, whoa, 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 chill. Since when do you sleep in? And she's smiling. She yeah. seems very at ease. <laughs> as far as she's concerned, things are super normal. And I wrote normal, mundane, ordinary, regular, routine. I love this. Everything is so normal. It could not possibly be more normal. The normalest normal that ever normaled. What could possibly go wrong? Obviously, I have this as my first gayest moment. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be redundant throughout the entire like episode and be like, and this is a gayest moment. And this is a There's gayest a moment. There's a lot of gayest moments in this episode. But the way like, they're sitting it, with their knees, you know, there's very casual, open body language. Yeah, there's, you know, gay wrestling. But, you know, we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves here. We have Adora talking about having, you know, a weird dream. There's something that... There's just something that she has to fix. And then we have our first instance of Catra saying that everything is perfect. There's nothing to fix. Everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything is perfect. Also, Catra talking about like, it's weird to dream about work. I still have dreams about jobs I had 15 years ago. Yeah. It's not that yeah. weird to dream about it's work. It's not that weird. <laughs> but and I also love that Adora has the same. I don't know if anybody else has this. The like the chair in your room. That's the not dirty, but not clean clothes chair where you put the like 
your jacket or the jeans that you only wore for like two hours. Like, oh, I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that that Adora has that. That's a nice little like, you know, individual touch. So. You think yeah. they have a shared laundry or do force captains get their own units? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, how many pairs of like uniforms do they even have? Like, what's the what's the budget? Yeah, I mean, Adora's sleeping in yeah. her clothes. Does she yeah. even have another uniform? Yeah. But also the force captains have, well, some of the force captains have distinct uniforms. So that's, you know, that's a thing. That's a good question. Anyway. You just blew my mind on that one. <laughs> I'm like, huh? Just that's don't a, know. Just don't know. Um, but, but Adora is getting ready. Yeah. She wants to catch up with Catra so they can have a great day together. She just has to put on a red coat since it's the only part of her uniform she wasn't sleeping in. Yep. And yep. as she glances at her little force captain's badge, she has her first memory flash of real world memories. And she remembers getting the, and it's super, super quick, but I definitely caught a flash of her memory of getting the badge. And I think of the strife it caused between her, between her and Katra. Um, I couldn't really identify specific images because it was like so fast. It was like hard to pause on. It's the first, yeah, it's the, the bits of the first episode. Yeah. And it comes with this discordant, glitchy sound effect. To really grab our attention, it's like you know when the dentist is like using a tool in your mouth and it goes the wrong uh, way. No, I'm not making no, the sound. Jenny. No dentists. I'm just saying it's a very <laughs> discordant type of sound. Yeah, fair. And it definitely unsettles her. But then we hear a happy catcher calling her from off screen. Come on! Aww. So she just brushes it off and goes to join her gal pal. Yep. And yep. that's it. And, and that's it. And then we slam to black, feeling very unsettled. We have some credits. Credits, credits, credit. Folks, do you think we're going to win in the end? Jenny? I think Sara should answer that question today. I think Sara be strong and brave also, probably. Probably. Yeah. I think we should find our strength. And yeah. I, I don't. Should we let it go? I don't think we ever should. Ever. Definitely not now. Now is Definitely not, the time. not now. Definitely not now. And so while we leave the 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 theme song and go into the episode, before we do, I have my one and only Professor Smart Brain moment here. Okay. Professor Smart Brain. Uh, so Professor Smart Brain. So I'm gonna drop some knowledge on everybody. Love knowledge. So, so this is my Professor Smart Brain moment on quantum mechanics and the many world interpretations. Oh boy, multiverse so, shit. Uh, okay, so last week, uh, last week on Hey Adora, we talked about general relativity because we were dealing with wormholes and black holes and all that Einstein shit, right? So this week, we're going to do a really surface glance at quantum mechanics and many worlds interpretation. Just a basic, like, you know, here's what you're getting from me. I took po physics for poets and quantum physics for poets a gazillion years ago. So you are getting the highest level of high that you can ever get when dealing with this. So if I'm making any sorts of mistakes, please email me at heyadorcast at gmail.com. Okay, that disclaimer out of the way. Let's start with a really basic understanding of what is quantum mechanics. I don't know. Tell me. I will tell you. Okay, so quantum mechanics is the study of matter and its interaction on an atomic and subatomic scale. So, like I said, last week we learned about yeah, so teeny, 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 tiny versus larger. We learned about general relativity last week, which is considered part of classical physics, 
or the physics of the uh, you know of the universe on a scale that is familiar to human existence. You now, big, 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 to less big, but still bigger and observable. So Einstein's theories of relativity are considered bridges between the theories discovered in classical physics and in the theories of quantum mechanics. And an important thing to remember is that they are completely different theories about the nature of the universe. And here's the kind of big, bold how they are different. Okay. General relativity, events are continuous and deterministic, meaning that everything, every cause matches up to a specific local event. A causes B, and therefore it is, you know, C or X or whatever the fuck. I didn't pass math either. Okay. In quantum mechanics, uh, events produced by the interaction of subatomic particles, teeny tiny, teeny tiny particles, happen in jumps or quantum leaps, but not the super cool series that ah. was on in the 90s. But yeah, there we go. Aha. Aha, with, uh, yes. Aha, with probabilistic rather than definite outcomes. So you're not going to go with, oh, this means it's this. You're going to go with, oh, this is going to, you know, be this, 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 this. And the percentage of it being this, 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 and this is what you're comparing. What? So Einstein wasn't particularly stoked about this and famously said, God does not play dice with the universe. Yes, I do know that quote. So why did he say that? Because when we go smaller, the universe and our observation of the universe gets super fucking weird. So matter yeah, I vaguely speed. remember this being the defining quality of quantum mechanics, that subatomic particles don't behave in the predictable way that general physics describes. Right. Matter starts behaving. Is this whole what? episode a subatomic particle universe? Is that the, the thesis we're getting to? It could be. You, please go ahead. <laughs> it could be. So. Uh, so, you know, matters just behaving like waves, as Jenny said, subatomic particles start blinking in and out of existence in the observable universe. Everything is all fucked up. The reality of the observed and the not observed universe is being in the same state, right, starts to break down. So certainty of outcome, as we understand it, goes out the window and we're dealing with, once again, the probable. Like Schrodinger's so, cat. Exactly. Like Schrodinger's cat. So, so the term for this is literally called quantum weirdness. Which I just think it's like, you know what? Fuck it. It's just fucking weird. Quantum weirdness. All right. That's so now hilarious. we kind of threw that out of the way. So what does that have to do with the many world interpretation and, you know, our quantum catras? So many world interpretation of quantum mechanics posits that the universal wave function. OK, which I'm going to give you, which is the infinite theoretical states posited before the external observation of the state. So right. whatever the fuck is happening before you look at it. Right. Like like uh, like the cat, like Schrodinger's Catra. Right. So that is objectively be alive real. In the box or dead in the box. You have no way. Exactly. To know. So but right. So that is objectively real. And because of this, there is no wave function collapse. When we look at the docs, we see that it's real or if it's not real. So the wave function collapse is the infinite theoretical state that uh, that these states, right, the theoretical states, it could be this, the, the, you know, the cat could be live. The cat could be dead. The cat could wear a helmet and run off to space. The cat could actually, you know, just be gas. All of those infinite that states, the cat would be gas. It would change matter, right? It would change form. All of those infinite states are objectively real. They have the same basis in reality. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. So now we're dealing with this, like, what the fuck, right? Each moment has an infinite number of outcomes. Instead of just one reality, like the multiverse, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So 
And, you know, because of this, there are multiple branching realities that are real. So and don't keep in mind that we're, you know, even though we deal with this in sci-fi and the multiverses, right? Like this is really within this existence that we live in is just observable on teeny tiny particles. So, you know, physicists have been working on a unified theory of everything that kind of marries general relativity to quantum mechanics. That really hasn't happened yet. There are a couple of things out there they're working on, string theory, M theory, but it's really difficult to kind of calculate the base of what reality is. So, you know, they're Indeed. really working on that. So how did we get from Einsteinian wormholes, as we discussed in the er earlier, you know, earlier episode in yeah. Moment of Truth, to quantum understanding of reality? How did it's we? A it's a fucking television show. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. So metaphysics. Okay. That's how. We don't really know. You know, <laughs> there's no way, you know, we just got from there. They made up how, why it works. It's a TV show. And this is where we suspend our disbelief. Because they haven't come up with the unified theory of Catra. So that has been your Professor Smart Brain moment. But why is quantum physics now the theory that you're using to describe this episode? I thought the point of what we discussed in the last episode was that it was sort of an elegant theoretical way of describing what happens in this collapse of reality in this episode. Right. So Th there's, that's the no, there's no multiverse implication inherent in this episode. Yes, there is. So what we talked about, it's kind of a married idea of a multiverse. This one choice, you know, which we is the, the sword. It's the sword. It's all based around the sword. And this list, this choice, this reality starting to kind of collapse in like a singularity black hole way where it's eating itself mm -hmm. are kind of happening at the same time, which is not really how physics works. <laughs> That's why. So we have in this cartoon, physics is not quite exactly how it works in real life. What? I know it's fucking <laughs> wild, right? So, yeah. So that's why we have to completely suspend our disbelief here because I know it's fucking crazy, right? So that is why we talked about kind of what would happen in a black hole versus what happens with the multiverse. But they don't really in science and in, in the real science of science town, they don't really science together. That is why. Okay, I'm going to let yeah. that go because I don't have enough grounding to engage in it. <laughs> yeah, I like. I mean, it's a bit pe peculiar and like it's been, you know, posed like, oh, whose reality is this? And, you know, it's kind of a mix of everyone. I think it's right. I think, you know, it's there's there's uh, positives and negatives to the fact that, like, you know, we don't really know the how of how this happened. You know, like they don't right. spend a lot of time on like the, the nitty gritty technical mechanics of it. Um, right. But I think it's neat still like it still opens up some neat shit where you see different people realize at different points like mm -hmm. Nora, mm -hmm. Akadra, and Scorpio and like what triggers that I just think it's I think it's neat you know yeah I dig it too I totally dig it too yeah I thought about that question a lot more on this watch than I had in the past um because I figured one of you might ask <laughs> yeah well um, that's kind of the big question that we're so all trying to like noodle out right I really think now that I've thought about it more, and this is obviously up for debate, um, I think that it's primarily Catra's perfect day and not specifically her perfect day and the reality that she thinks will make Adora happy and will make her stay. Because if it was Adora's perfect day, I think it would look like Catra having left the Horde with her and both of them being in Brighton if Adora was in the driver's seat of this fantasy projection. Yeah, I, I tend to believe that it is a kind of weird amalgamation of 
Catra and Adora's perfect day because one Catra leaves, you know, we have things that only would be perfect for Catra. And I also think it might be kind of because it ties into Adora's high, you know, deep seated need for, you know, being there for other people and making things better for other right. people that it's literally Adora's perfect day for everyone. This yeah. is Adora's perfect day for Catra. This is Adora's perfect day when we get into the next episode for Glimmer. This is Adora's perfect day for what she thinks Bo's perfect day is, right? Like all of these know. things. I don't know. Well, we're going to talk she, about that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that there are limits to that. I mean, I think everyone sure. knows that Bo didn't want to be a historian. And she was surprised when she found out that he was a historian. And those right. people were further away from the lever. So I feel like they were less directly impacted by the fantasy construction of who's at the center of, you know, the subconscious direction of this fantasy day. Sure, sure, sure. But my posit here, and then I'd love to move on, is that it's not necessarily, it's necessarily what Adora thinks is the best for people as well. Like Adora wants her friends out of danger. Adora wants her friends to be happy. So, and that's why I think it's kind of a weird amalgamation of the two people who are nearest to the lever, because I do agree that that, and then because it's Catra and Adora that are nearest to the lever, it's their weird multiverse together. Yeah. So, also, yeah. you know, they, you know, it is the Catra Adora show, like, you know. How, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so like, it, it, it also speaking to their, you know, previous emotional enmeshment by making that <laughs> emotional enmeshment literal. Right. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. One of the key things uh, that, that really sticks out that, that really like leans, like shows Adora's contribution that I think is a really nice inversion from the first episode is where everyone contributed to the Thamor invasion. Like everyone came along. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. Like, I mean, which I think only she was privy to because it was it was an only heard shadowier conversation. And, you know, maybe yes. there's still like the force captain militaristic stuff there that she's not crazy about but you know even when she is it's like well everyone came along and and you know contributed and shadow weaver was very uh you know recognized that was very grateful you did such a good job leading everybody they did great and and super nice to everybody but first i'd like to kind of get to the point where we just have adora coming back into this universe yes let's go back to where we are so um (laughs) adora's first moments of her day out of her room. Right. So when we open the episode, it's point of view shot from Adora, like opening eyes. And then this is a really another, a, another interesting point of view shot. Jenny, did you want to talk about this? Um, sure. It's not a point of view shot. It's a, it's a, three, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me too well. <laughs> you I know do. I always get interested when they frame things in these very deliberate ways. Cause we've, I don't think we've ever seen them do this before where they narrow yeah. um, the frame to this thin horizontal strip. It's so like a letterbox. It, yeah. yeah I, I didn't even know that term. Letterbox. Yeah. So it's this little, you know, you just see her eyes sort of glancing side to side at things that we can't even see out of frame. It invokes the sort of claustrophobic feeling where mm-hmm. she's sort of feeling nervous and like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're sort of watching her in silence for a moment as she sort of looks from right to left and they're just walking down the hallway in silence. And then eventually we see the whole hall. We've got all these anonymous helmeted troops saluting them right and left, whispering, oh, my God, it's her. It's Adora. It's really her. And they jump to attention and they salute her and they cheer for her. And Adora is confused because she does not remember why they are saluting her and cheering for her. Deeply confused. Remember the invo- the invasion of Thamor. You're the hero of the hour. What? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I was there. <laughs> Remember that? Remember when Adora never found the sword? Okay, yeah. that's the name of the episode. <gasps> remember so when i was watching uh sorry when i was watching box for every time someone says remember i actually should have done that i don't know how many, how many times it is <laughs> oh the video you could have gone ding oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone should make a compilation of like every time they say remember uh i yeah, would love don't that make it into a drinking game you will not survive yeah yeah um so I I really liked uh saw in your video when you were talking about how, you know, remember all this goes back to the beginning and a lot, you know, it be- goes back to the sword. And this was one of the moments that like, you know, this is one of the key. What if Adora never found the sword moments? So there's so many things that I love. Uh, I like how this is fundamentally a reinterpretation or an inversion of the first episode of the first two. episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, obviously, because it's crucial, because it's like everything started there like we saw all of it there all of the foundations of misunderstanding of different ambitions because both of them this is how it started right both of them had such a different interpretation of why they are where they are right like and so we get to see it right here it's like what if we went back they're all great and this is what i love in this next scene is we see because i think this is so important to see in general how they are when you know for the most part things are okay like there's really like how like sweetly like playful and and kind they yeah. are with each other and like that very like natural familiarity and warmth because that is so crucial to understanding all of this but like again so this first day this first episode that we're reinterpreting has been has been this point of of different interpretation and different perspective because for Adora it's like why the fuck did you not just come with me oh you know that Shadow Weaver's fucked up then what the fuck like come with me let's go and Catra's yeah. like yeah uh you're just gonna fucking leave like hello for these people that you just met like you want me to come with you like as a fucking afterthought like fuck that right and they're both seeing it so fundamentally differently and whoever's fantasy this is whatever mishmash it is right there's some like we because we wonder to ourselves right as the audience like well why clearly they want to be with each other clearly they care about each other why and we see why we see Mm -hmm. we dig into like the Mm -hmm. what is missing here why (laughs) if they both care about each other if they both want to be together What's the difference? And it's in what's here. in the way. It's so yes. good. It's so good. So even for yes. Pat, yeah, I'll c- continue because we'll get to that. But <laughs> yes, it's yeah. So, yeah. Good. so it's even in this scene. The oh yeah, I defeated the rebel surgeons at Thaymor, and then we kind of have the break. I did that. So there's Adora, and then Catra saying, "You couldn't have done it without me." That is the like. There is the beginning, like the really beginning of exactly what you're talking and about. They put their like arms that tension. Each other. Oh, yeah, that tension so is freaking cute. When they start like this I is know. the stuff that I'm like, A, it's heartwarming. Uh, it's so we, heartwarming. We only, the only next time we get to see it, we get to see it a little bit in episode one, and then we see it in season five, and we see it here of just like because again, we we jump right into their friendship, but it's like these have been friends for like, you know, over a fucking decade. Like they have their codependency, they have their dysfunctionality, but it's like these are people who are, you know, laugh together and joke together and understand yeah. each other. Like the, I love that we get to see that playfulness here, that like, you know, giving each other shit. Like there's a comfort here, you know, which the whole point is like without the context of what's going on, which you can't live like that. But it's like yeah. that's really important. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, the other important thing that happens in this little scene um, is, you know, they're gay wrestling happily away and Catra mm-hmm. bumps into one of the soldiers who's standing guard in the hall. And before the soldier sees who she's with, he's like, hey, watch where you're going. 
And then Catra, of course, back in her position of being protected by her big butch force captain, just stands there cockily, you know, crosses her arms because Adora is going to come stand up next to her. And then the soldier just falls apart. Oh, force captain. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you. And, you know, Catra is just pleased as punch. Mm-hmm. So if we're operating under the assumption that to whatever degree this is a mishmash of both of their projections of a perfect reality where they can be happy together, Catra is at least somewhat more than 50% in the driver's seat. This is primarily her perfect day. She doesn't want to be the biggest dog. She just wants to be included. Yeah, and to, she just and wants to her know girl, that man. Adora, <laughs> that Adora has her back. Yeah. That's her the biggest part of her fantasy. And well, and I have this as a big gayest moment. I also have this as a gayest moment. You know, because Catra... I, I how do I have it written down? She just folds her arms and smirks like a motherfucker, like she has a mouthful of sugar as Adora steps up beside her. Aww. I uh, so Jenny, while you were talking, I saw all of the very excited agreement, like you know, faces <laughs> and gestures that Sara was doing, and I really want to hear what you're like. Oh my god, yes, sounds like. <laughs> That's the thing is that like first of all, right? Crucial, crucial point, right? Because there's so much character stuff that's like very like not subtly but like you know delicately unveiled here and it's like mm-hmm. because we see you know catcher do the whole like megalomaniac i'm the biggest baddie ever in season four and obviously we have her like you know you try so hard to be the like we know this but it's so clear here of like her whole thing is not gosh i want power i want to be in charge i want to you know it's like that's very obviously a facade and even when it is a facade it's 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 out of like necessity is like what she first of all what she wants is to be safe like homegirl has been like mm-hmm. kicked the fuck around here like for all like by shadow weaver and in general right so it's like that's what she wants and when she loses her like external protection she's like fine i'll do it and she does it great she does it with style right but it's like it's so clear here that like if we're saying this is her idealized day she's not force captain like that's yeah you know, she's not on top She's not the one giving orders and, you know, pushing people around. Like, I, that That's is right. such a crucial right. piece of character information that in this ideal world, and there is an element of, like, still, like, dysfunctionality of, like, still wanting to be a part of that, like, weird relationship with Adora that, like, oh, you're my protector. Like, there's still issues there. But she's, she, in her fantasy, she is not on top. Top dog. That's right. That's right. You know? That's right. Because she is trying to recreate and this is the other miss here. She was trying to recreate what she wants and what she thinks Adora wants too. Of like, mm-hmm, right. you're here and you're and you're force captain and and you led the invasion that they were and you protect me and it's it's really cute and you know it was like and you get to do the thing you love to do, which is protect everybody. You stand up for me and then we laugh about it. You know, like it's it's yeah, that's yeah. what she's relishing in. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to put together your birthday party. Right. <laughs> which is one thing I had a big question mark here I don't not know if you guys party, do it's like yeah. how did they remember from the real world what a party is none of them knew what a party was in the horde oh, before Adora left it wasn't quite a party to be none of them knew what a celebration like they didn't celebrate anything in the horde to me I mean I don't I don't believe that they had ever had a cake or knew what a cake was to emulate it Fair enough. I feel like I feel like it's a little vestigial memory of, of the real world that they just pulled out. This is yeah, this is Adora's subconscious from the first episode. Right. Anyway, because we're almost we're almost there because this is where they're going 
as they are, you know, gay wrestling gaily down the hallway, having fun. Catcher's yeah. like, come on, I'm going to take you to the locker room. Got to show you something. Yeah. Um, and as actually there's one crucial moment as they're on their way down the hall and Adora says, where are they going? Catcher says, the locker room. And Adora says, why are they going the long way? Because they had just walked past the door. Why don't we go through this? And as she turns around to point back to the door, they just passed. It is no longer there. And Adora's like, wait, wasn't there a door? It's very ominous. And then we have more discordant music, more of this little unsettling poke, poke, poke in your perfect day. Things are weird. Poke, poke, poke. There was a door. And Katra says, no, it's always been this way. Are you sure you're okay? And then we get another cute callback to, uh, are you brain damaged? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure you're not brain damaged? She grabs um, her head in the same way she did back in Ep one when she said that yeah. line. You know, I know you get hit in the head a lot, but I thought your dumb little hair poof would cushion the blow. Hilarious. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, I have the episode going at like point something speed to like look at the actual frames. Uh, but the uh, the the drawing on the cake, Adora's like little angry face, is the exact style of the drawings that they carved on. Yes. You know, so it's oh, like, that I love that. So that is obviously Catra's handiwork. I love that. Yeah. I have a I have a question to posit. Um, when we have Catra saying it's always been this way, are you sure you're okay? Does Catra know? Is Cat like when does Catra know? No, that's what I don't think Catra knows until the very end. Um, because there is a part way way we can get, well we can come back to this question when we get there. Yeah, but I think we part, should do that. There's a part way 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 at the end of the episode when they're wrestling in the forest after the whole fright zone has been consumed, when Adora says, why did you do it? And Catra says, I don't know what you're talking about. And I believe her because she still only had a few random flashes of memory and she seems very confused. And only after that does it seem like things start to come together. I feel like she's actively, I feel like she starts to get little hints of memory, but she's very confused and she's actively resisting knowing the truth because it's so unsettling and she's happier staying in this warm little fantasy world. You know the difference between waking up when you're excited about your day versus waking up when you're depressed and everything's shitty and you'd rather just stay asleep? Yeah. I feel like she's in that space. Okay. So I genuinely believe right now that she has no idea what's going on and she thinks that they're just having a happy day together. Okay. That's what I think. And I acknowledge that it's open to interpretation. I think right now she doesn't. I think there's that beat where they're like running, like right just before she electrocutes her and we do see her have a flash. I think at that point she starts to know and start to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I cannot touch this. Because it's like, especially if this reality is so informed by like, you know, how she sees things. It's like, if I even indulge this realization, like it's going to start falling apart. Yeah. Like, like, exactly. She starts to know at that point. I think by the time like they're fighting and tussling and she's like, why'd you do it? Catra absolutely knows. She's like, I don't know what you mean. Like, that's how I read it. Like, oh, no, no. What are you talking about? Uh, because we've already seen her have those flashes. And then the second that it, she's pushed a little, we see it come out and she's like, no. I know, like that. That, but we'll get there. That's when her. Yeah, I mean, it makes like. sense when you say it that way. It's just that when I hear her talking, her voice really sounds like she doesn't know what's going on. But either way, we'll come back to that. Yeah, because right I now, think I have different ideas than what you. But let's go back to Adora obsessed with being a catcher obsessed with Adora being brain damaged. They wrestle more. They go to the locker cute. room. Aww, surprise. Who's in the locker room? The poly house, the powerhouse polycule. They're best lifelong buddies. I love them. I and I, it's, 
It's so weird. Again, we don't get a lot of this throughout the series, and it's really nice to actually just see, like, oh, like, this is what the dynamic would be. Yeah. 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 These are the kids they were raised with as a little group of orphans. Yeah. And I love, they love uh, Rogelio's, like, excited, happy growl. It's like, (laughs) like... (laughs) It's like, you know, it's everyone's yelling. Yes. So cute. And our our friend Siren um would be mad if we didn't point out the fact that Kyle has given up a week's worth of his rations to make this cake. Our buddy right. Kyle is very underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. We, Kyle is good job, good Kyle. Good yeah. job, Kyle. Yeah. So uh, Katra, you know, organized this whole thing and got this cake for Adora. I can't believe it's because she likes her. It's so I know. embarrassing. This is not because I like you. Yeah. No, Adora no. really appreciates this. She appreciates the powerhouse polycool. She appreciates Katra. She's really happy. They're all really happy. Even when Kyle drops the cake, they're still really happy because now they get to have a food fight. A, a gay food fight. A gay moment. food fight. A gay uh, ass, adorable, wholesome food fight. And this is not because I like you. Obviously, it's another nod to the sword again. Right. So. Um, and Kyle still screws up even in Perfect Day universe. Because how can it be a perfect day without everybody blaming Kyle for shit? Yes, because they enjoy saying seriously Kyle so much, and so do I we. I know, and so do we. And while we're having some gay wrestling, what the fuck is on that cake? What is on that cake? Oh, what the fuck is a what the fuck is a Mara? I don't think it's anything. Oh my god! And then you know she turns right back, and then it's back to being a cute little Adora face. Hmm. I don't think that's anything. It's fleeting enough to brush it off. Yeah. Must have been, she must have been imagining that. I think so. Because as soon as she looked back, it was gone. Well, she has brain damage, remember? Right, exactly. You know, poof didn't really save everything, so. Yes, the poof was not as cushiony as it looked. Yeah, and you know, noogies really kind of reactivate any, you know, uh, TBIs that you get, so. Yes, and the last moment of adorableness is when Catra and Adora are down on the floor, and Catra says, wait a sec, you got a little something right there smash cake gay gay and also adorable and while they are down there who should enter the chat it's shadow weaver oh spoiler (laughs) yes big spoiler and again this is a this is a major recreation of a scene from episode one yep and it starts to play out we think the same way it did shadow weaver comes in says adora get off the floor you are the force captain who sacked Thamor. And, you know, it seems like they're in trouble. Everyone's feeling very cowed, very mm-hmm. nervous, well, whatever. Shadow Weaver's still up. fucking terrifying. Yeah, you know, sorry, She's Shadow still Weaver. a terrifying boss. Yeah, and then Catra stands up next to Adora, looking very dejected. And Shadow Weaver points to Catra and she says, and you. And, you know, the way she points to her. We all think that it's going to be bad news because that's what it always has been. And Catra looks the same way that we feel, the way you expect to feel when you've been trained by a lifetime of abuse. And then we have this very deliberate shot of Shadow Weaver's hand reaching out to Catra, very menacing, very horror movie-esque. And then at the very last minute, her voice changes to this soft, approving voice that we have basically never heard from Shadow Weaver. And she reaches out and wipes the cake off of Catra's face. And she says, look at you, you're a mess. Go get yourself cleaned up. And Catra's entire demeanor changed. So I have a couple of things about this. One, Lorraine Toussaint fucking crushes it here. 
Yes, as always. As always. And two, this is where, you know, so we're having some, we're noticing before we have conscious recognitions that there might be another universe. We have subconscious physical ones. And I do feel like this is uh, Catra pulling away, you know, because anytime Shadow Weaver grabs Catra's face, like we know that, it, you know, we know as an audience that fucked up shit's going to happen. But I think that this might be one of Catra's early tells that, you know, while she while she doesn't consciously know that something is wrong, she her body knows that something is different. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. And that's not how I read it. I feel like this is her playing out her trauma and finding a happy ending for the first time that she's never had before. It's like she can't erase these core memories, subconscious memory, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, that this exists in her. And she's playing it out to come to a happy resolution that she's never got to have in her life. Like the beginning plays out in a familiar way, but then yeah. it doesn't go the way it has always gone. Yeah, it no, goes I, I, the I agree. good way. And it she gets to have that happy, fulfilled, loved, safe, secure feeling that she's never gotten to have from her mother figure. Yeah. She feels, you know, and then um Shadow Weaver for the first time is treating Katra and Adora the same. So after she, you know, wipes the cake off Katra's face and tells her in this loving voice, oh, get cleaned up, you're a mess. And then she says to both of them, you're no longer children. I have high hopes for you both. Do not waste your time on such foolish games. And Katra, you know, she rolls her eyes, but just barely. And she says, yeah, Shadow Weaver. And, you know, her voice is like, oh, I'm a cool kid, but... I'm going to do what you say because, you know, you're you're making me feel approved of and loved. And of course, I'm going to go along with it. And like, I cry pretty much every time I oh, see yeah. this scene. Oh, definitely. Um, Because it just shows that like if Shadow Weaver could have treated Catra with a modicum of humanity, she, you know, it could have been fine. Yeah. Well, Jenny, I agree with you. I'm talking about the very micro moment before we get that fulfillment. But I agree. Exactly what you just said about yeah. like she has like the the subconscious like in a, in a, you know initially she has that like micro subconscious like twitch but then she gets her wish fulfillment I completely agree yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I think it's also the really nice moment um, where like again the inversion of this exact scene uh, where she's like okay I'm gonna go talk to the door now right which is the the, the tell of her favoritism you know which is still here to some degree it's still here but yes. there's that you know there's that change of um, I know if we look at it side by side, the change of Catcher's expression from like, you know, a little bit peeved and like, fine, go talk to Adora to like proud. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the whole team is there and they're all like, our, our you know, our group boss is going to go chat with mom now and the rest of us are going to get ready for our next group activity. And we're going to keep caking each other a little bit and we're a all having bit. a great yeah. time. And it's a very wholesome little family unit moment. Mm hmm. You know, again, it's it's a nice little little moment for for Catra again smiling at her proudly because again, good character reveals here that obviously there's jealousy and resentment, but it's not just like oh sure. I don't want Adora to be successful or I don't want Adora to you know whatever like it's just what is my role in it? Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. So like, like there's there, yep. she, she clearly is like yeah you know I love it when you you know go get your your you know rewards and praise and you know. So it's not it's 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 very interesting and I it I like it a lot the, the way that yeah. it's changed. She just wants to be included. Exactly. I, yes, absolutely. 
I'm glad like that we're all on the same page about yeah, that. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that 100%. And I remember, I can never remember the difference between where episode one ends and episode two begins because they're basically the same. So I'm ref- when I refer to the pilot, I'm referring to episode one and two together. So yeah. yeah. So in the pilot, when Adora first gets her force captain badge, for the first beat before she has to tell Catra that like, oh, Shadow Weaver said you can't come, Catra is thrilled. She's not jealous. She's not mad. She's not resentful. As long as she thinks that they're both going to go have that adventure together, she's perfectly happy with her place in the in this, you know, family yeah. unit slash in the system that they have. You know, I agree with you 100%. I think that it was never about her being on top. It was just about her yeah. being part of a, a functioning unit that she could rely on and feel safe within and feel yes. that she was a valued member. Yeah, Sarah talks about that, that. you know, at least in in some ways and at least the way that it it happened and the way that Shadow Weaver did it, that Adora's success and life and achievement, and you know, which happens in episode one, even her leaving, seems or becomes contingent on Catra being left behind, right? That is the issue. It's not like, yeah, like, go nuts. Fuck yeah, you're a forest captain. Yeah, I'll go be your, your, you know, your your fucking second, you know, in command. Exactly. Yeah, But it's the fact that, like, when it starts to be like, oh, you gained things, you gained power, you gained approval, and then I'm fucking out of here. Like, that's where it's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, that speaks to the thing you did in the Why Catra Matters about, like, um, Catra's, you know, seeking, you know, safeness. So that's that's all it is. And, yeah. And, and which is, again, we'll, we'll get to it because it, it continues to build, especially at the end. But it's like. Definitely. Yes. It's it's so. Like this is just a parenthesis, but of, of, the, of the overarching like part of the thesis here is like this is almost a, a, a posing a question to us, the audience, because again, we or you know at least some of us, I fucking did. Like we kind of want you know this sort of we want reconciliation, we want this you know this thing to get better, and yeah. it's showing yeah. us so clearly it's like why it can't yet what there is still to talk about. You know what I mean? That even if you 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 wipe the slate clean, right? You make it this perfect universe. You make their dynamic better. It's like something is still missing that that makes it so that they they cannot repair yet at this point. And you know what I mean? Like even if you want to, even if you yeah. engineer yeah. the universe, right? Um, it's very very neat that even right that even in these perfect situations, there's still a level of that like lack of balance. Like even like oh yeah, I'll be your sidekick, and it's like that is seeds for resentment if things don't go your way. Right. Yes. Really, really interesting. So, yeah. 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 And interspersed with all this, we haven't been making note of it at each point because we're talking about a lot of high level stuff. Interspersed with all of this is Adora having flashes of her real world memories. Yeah. And the other reason that it can't work is because Adora can't stay. Yes. Because as soon as she finds out, regardless of the sword, and I know we talked about this in the early episodes, even if she had never found the sword, as soon as she is sent out on a real world mission and sees what the Horde is actually doing, mm-hmm. she was she was never going to stay. She can't stay. She can't stay. Yes. Uh-oh. And so that onto this hallway walk and talk with Shadow Weaver and Adora, yeah. um, which proves as per what you were saying before, mm-hmm. Meth, that it can't mm-hmm. be just Catra's perfect day because Catra was not part Catra never witnessed this conversation. Yes. Um, and was so pivotal towards Adora being unhappy that she couldn't bring her team. Right. And also one thing that I want to mention in this, uh, where it, it proves that Adora at least has kind of a stake in this, is that in the perfect, in Adora's perfect universe, she's praised for her merits as Adora. Like, she can be Adora and not she and still be praised for her merits. And Adora is a creature of, you know, 
needing praise, right? In order to, you know, exist, you know, in whatever she understands fulfillment to be. So this is kind of a big thing, you know, and then we have Adora, you know, Shadow Weaver saying everything is perfect. So click, you know, we, we knock off the everything is perfect. And then weird shit starts to happen. Yeah. And also, you know, and I'm sure this is implicit is part of it was that like she couldn't have been happy without bringing her friends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Part of part of the praise was also praise for her team, right? Which is also right. This, this God, this this episode's brilliant, but like, which is also undoing the or you know whatever unveiling the uh, misunderstanding on Catra's part, right? That comes from her insecurities or whatnot. But is like you just want to be fucking cheering. You just want to be you know right. everyone's hero. You just want you know because which is what she taunts her with. Like you just want to be special. Right, right, right. You just want to be the hero. You don't yeah. want yeah. that either, yeah. right? She clearly is like, no, I want everyone to have a piece. I want everyone to have contributed, yeah. right? Absolutely. So again, it's it's we see both of the way that they misunderstand each other, even as they're trying to like fix each other's problems. It's fucking yeah. great. Yep. It's awesome. It's exactly right. So they're looking out the window and weird shit happens. Uh-oh. Yep. What is this? Who's this? Who's this booby? Who's this flying booby? Well, before we see Flying Booby, we see the first real images of the glitch happening across the landscape. I'm a big fan of the that the, just the way that looks too. It's it's very yeah. ominous. Like it's very like it's very scary. It's um, dope. And throughout <laughs> the rest of the episode, um, I as as a child of the '80s who grew up watching the Neverending Story a lot. I really related the glitch and the way it consumes everything to the nothing from the Neverending yeah. Story. Yeah, um, it doesn't look exactly the same visually because the glitch is very has this light and this sort of electronic kind of visual rendering, and the nothing does not have that. But aside Which makes from sense. that, yeah, of course it does. But aside from that, conceptually, they're very much the same. I would agree. Idea, yes, you know the idea that you know things are just disappearing from the world. It's not like a natural disaster, like a hurricane or an earthquake that just fucks shit up. It's like, you know, the lake wasn't there anymore. Nothing was there anymore. Not even a dried up lake. And if you get caught up while the nothing is passing through, you also get blipped out of existence and then no one remembers that you ever existed. Yeah, sometimes you just get consumed by the void. It happens. Yeah, you get blipped. Yeah. Um, And it's terrifying. It's an existential terror. Yeah. It is way scarier than monsters and vampires, I think. I think it's scarier than Shadow Weaver. Much scarier. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't fight an all-consuming nothingness. You can't punch it. You can't stick a sword in it. Yeah. You can try really hard, though. Anyway. You can try really hard. Adora sees this and Shadow Weaver doesn't, which is... You know, and then we see Raz's reflection in the window. Do you think she doesn't see it or do you think she can't see it? I don't know. I think she can't see it. Yeah, it seems like nobody else can see it at first. Not yet, right? Everybody has to, everybody has to, you know, leave the world of illusion before they do that. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well put. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but Adora sees Raz's reflection and her little voice saying, Mara Diri. And then she turns around and she sees the three little magical moth buddies that always trail Aww. after Raz everywhere she goes. So is that like, so I just want to know about the glass itself, because like, it looks like on the inside, the butterfly pals are kind of like solid, but like Raz's corporeal form is questionable at best. So I want to posit that Raz can't get in because it's ultra tempered, dark magic and space laser proof glass. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea. It's as good yeah. a theory as any. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I have zero theories. Yeah. 
And then we then we kind of so have is freaked, but she is still a good so- soldier. So yep. she goes off to her briefing. Good for her. Good for and her. And it's time for a little bit of comic relief because things are getting wicked heavy. Really fucking heavy. So we have Adora going into the force captain meetings. And I just want to kind of drop in a couple of like little like, you know, uh, old school He-Man kind of kind of things we have octavia which we you know talked about earlier right we have octavia Mm -hmm. behind scorpia first of all we have adora's next to scorpia behind scorpia is octavia who we see is you know the octopus lady with one eye that catherine scratched when she was a child yeah she was a child and she's got this cool like you know eye patch with the horde logo and then the throwback so next to octavia is grizzlore who is an original uh, He-Man She-Ra member of the original Horde from oh. the original series. Uh, and he's kind of like the Sasquatch brown, beastie, hair, hairy looking dude. And I actually had this figure as a kid. And it oh, was cool. weird because it was like, so it was one of the He-Man body ones. So it was like muscular, like one of the muscular ones. Um, so uh, the two body forms that were used were kind of like thinner, feminine, quote unquote, body forms and the big, heavy, bulky, muscular, quote unquote, ones for He-Man and She-Ra figures. Um, and I had the, he- Grizzler was a He-Man style figure and he was covered in this weird fake fur hair. So he was like fuzzy. And yeah, it got kind of like a gorilla with like a lion's mane. Yeah, but like the actual action figure was also fuzzy and it got really gross. Oh. Because like little kids shouldn't have like action figures that are covered in gross things because they get because children are sticky. Yeah. So back Lovely. to the show. And the other force captain is another lizard person like Rahelio, the only one I think we've seen so far. Yep. Who well, we don't know. Yes. So, so back to the so back yes. to the show. Adora we, sitting politely waiting to be briefed. Boop de doop boop boop. Nothing big. And then we we meet Scorpia. <laughs> Scorpia gets right up in Adora's face because as we know, Scorpia does not know the meaning of the word personal space. I don't know why, but I do not like you. Yeah, we can't really figure this out. Maybe it's, it's the hair. It's just gut feeling I have. Yeah, it could be the hair and like yeah. the giant forehead. Yeah, a little poof thing. Yeah, <laughs> Scorpia's gay jealousy transcends space time. I love this. Yes. Good for her. Scorpia, for her. the nicest person that anyone has ever met in any universe, has one person that she does not like. And she may not remember why, but she does remember that this is the one person that she yeah. does not like. And like, what kind of name is Adora? Like, okay, everyone loves you. But Scorpia, not having it. Yes. And Adora remembers <laughs> that she has a uh, hair inferiority complex, even though she doesn't remember why. So it's definitely not uh, Scorpio's perfect world. <laughs> no. No, it's not. No, it is not. Yes. Um, so, you know, we have the, you know, the head force captain of force captains. I don't know what this dude's yeah, it's job is. Yeah, the same blue, big blue guy that we saw training the cadets in yeah. the pilot. He's, His you know, is- like, he's like the trainer sergeant. Yeah, his name is Cobalt, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Which, you know, checks out. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, he's talking about how Thamor was was perfectly executed. Everybody's like, yeah, fuck yeah, Dora, except for Scorpio, who's like, fuck that noise. Uh, Yeah, and I thought that was another good example of potentially Catra's subconscious trying to give Adora everything that she thinks Adora might want to keep her happy there. Everybody loves you. Everyone's so happy with you. Everybody's high-fiving you. Scorpio's not buying it. No. And specifically, right, the invasion of Thamor, which is where, like, everything went wrong. Right. That specific, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And and I, I love that. Like, we really only have a couple of places where, you know, before the middle of the fourth season, I think, where Scorpia and Adora interact. And the last one was literally Scorpia having to carry Catra's ex drunk, drunk ex-girlfriend around. So, like, of course she's going to be fucking salty and that's going to carry through because who wants to carry your crush's drunk ex-girlfriend around where it's fucking freezing? Yeah, you know? that is fair. So that's a good point. Do, you know? Yeah, a good you know, point. that is a good so, point. So we're we're learning that the next target is the Seagate is the Selenia Seagate. Mm-hmm. Looks familiar. Um, we're seeing it on a big screen at the front of the room. There is no screen. It's all in your reports. Well, before that happens, a little note lands in Adora's lap and it says, Mara, gasp. The fuck um, is that shit? And so, yeah. So while Adora's looking around, trying to find the source of where this note came from, our Sergeant Cobalt buddy is talking about how it's possible that you might have to go head to head with a princess. What? And then Not- the screen shows a picture of Queen Angie. Oh, Queen Angie. And I then Adora Angie. starts to have some more flashes of memories. And we're having this interspersal of her real memories of being with the princesses versus the pictures of the princesses they're showing on the screen. This is very overwhelming. Adora is probably having some major cognitive dissonance. She starts to freak out. And finally, she stands up. Her chair knocks over and she yells, what's going on? And then she looks up and the screen is gone. Well, there's no screen. That's why. You know, Sar told us that. There was never a screen, lady. Yeah, it's just not there. I love it when the universe gaslights me. Yeah. Yeah, so Adora's getting more and more freaked out here. Actually, just Shadow Weaver's elaborate fantasy just to gaslight them both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's Shadow Weaver's perfect (laughs) fantasy because she gets to gaslight everybody. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, And so, you know, a couple of little touches before we kind of move on a little bit. Um, So. Scorpia does like the cuckoo cuckoo like thing with her claws where she's like spins her claw like at her temples yes you know being like oh yep we have a cuckoo here needs to go to funny farm right so very like very goofy there yes Adora ran out of the briefing into the hallway having flashbacks of Bo and Glimmer oh friends she suddenly stops short when she sees another portal glitch consume the empty hallway and then disappear because that is some freaky shit that is some freaky shit and then runs into katra and is freaking out like did you write this because adora apparently got a note passed to her from it's the note that fell in her lap in the briefing that said i mean like we we have no idea where it came from but no we do not no, Catherine's Ma- so funny in this. Uh, a blank piece of paper. I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I know. That was very, very well. Uh, yeah. Was- well said. All right. Well, Adora's getting agitated. She insists that there was something written on that paper before, and she's just more and more disoriented. Catcher tells her to calm down. Adora bats her hand away and says that she can't calm down because there's something she's supposed to fix. And she says, "I remember a sword, a bright light, and you were there." And as Adora is saying this, it seems to me, this is, again, open to interpretation, that Katra is having her first flash of real memories. Yes. And I think it's from Promise. Um, that's yes. when Adora is hanging over the edge of the holographic pit and Katra standing over her with a sword and ultimately leaves her there to die. Oh. <laughs> um, that's not a happy memory. No. And Catra does not want to be having this memory. I am of the uh, opinion, or whatever, I've seen takes on this. I'm like, yeah, I buy it, that, like, Catra sort of intuited that the castle would save her. Like, yeah, I buy that, too. 
I also buy that. I don't think she was like bloodthirsty at that moment. I think she was yeah, like, yeah, I the agree. gonna fucking save you, but like, peace. I agree. But it's not, you know, it's not my job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, so in the present moment, in, in the collapsing glitch universe, Catra panics and slaps Adora across the face. Like you do. Like you do. I like that she looks at her hand afterwards like, what have I done? Yes. Okay. And then recenters. Yes. But it's still just a cute moment. Yeah. Because Dora's like, what the fuck? And Katra is like, sorry. You were freaking out. It was freaking me out. Fair enough. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah that's totally fair. Fair enough. So Katra's like, okay, like what you do with anybody that's freaking out, you suggest that maybe perhaps you should get some fresh air. Yes, it's always or, a good idea. Whatever the equivalent of fresh air is in the fucking fright zone. Yes, the freshest, the freshest air yeah. available. Yeah. yeah. And you sprint out so fast that you warp space time and actually teleport up to your spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which... So another glitch. <laughs> and that, that kind of trips up Adora, who's like, how did we get here? And Katra's yeah. like, we climbed here. Like we always Like oh. we always do. They're up in their romantic spot on that scaffolding <laughs> behind the big orange moon. Mm-hmm. Question. I mean, just just for for shits and giggles, do you think that there's like a difference in perception here? That like for, from Catra's POV, they literally did walk up. Yes, I do. I do. Th- I do think that this there is a um a difference in perspective here. Yes. I don't know from a meta perspective if that's if that's what's going on. That like they're yeah. literally seeing different things. Like for Catra, they did, and for Adora's reality, it went. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really don't know. Um, I could be, I'm sure there's arguments to be had on either side, and I'm sure I could be persuaded by a compelling argument on either side, but I don't have a strong beat on what I think about that, on whether Katra is just sort of unaware, because everyone else in this, who's caught up in this reality, it's like, no one's interrogated it deeply, like, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? Like, they don't know what they don't know, and they're sort of just caught up yeah. in it. Yeah, so that, therefore, Katra climbed. According or to she Katra. might think she climbed, but she might not be aware. She might have sort of a lack of awareness, an unquestioned lack of awareness. Right. So according to Catra, she climbed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have to we can tick off another remember box. Click. We climbed up like we always do. Don't you remember? Don't you Click. remember? Yes. Got our, yes. our, you know, bing. Yep. Heartbreaking. Oh, the children. Yes. And Adora's Adora trying to make it work. She's like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. She looks over at Katra in this beautiful profile in front of this beautiful mm. orange moon. And she sees a flash of real world Katra in the mm. portal room pulling the switch. With the bags under her eyes and the sad. and Yeah. The- yeah. That manic end of the world look. You know, who hasn't had that? Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, got a manic end of the world look. And we have another catcher being like, everything's perfect. Bing. And then the two. Soon the two of us are going to rule, be ruling Etheria together. Just like we've always planned. Juicy juice juice. Let's dig in. Is that what you really want? To rule the world? Yep. Yeah, obviously. Isn't that what you want too? Oh no. That is it. Like there you Yep. They can't get away from this conversation in any reality. And it's and it's and it's the entire I mean, it's their entire arc and it's this entire episode of her going, Isn't that what you want? 
like you you want this right like you want the the force cap you want isn't that what you want yeah because i just want what you want which again is the whole thing that like even at its best there are still issues of of the enmeshment of yeah whatever you want i want i don't think catra's ever said i just want what you want because the door is pretty clear on what she wants and Katra doesn't want to go along with it later but even because obviously Katra doesn't want to fucking rule the world like we know that we know that about her and we see that later that that's clearly some you know overcompensation she thinks that that's what Adora wants in this context right in this context where they're in the horde together she's like you'll stay here because you want to stay rule the world together right yeah that's what you want if that's what keeps us together then of course that's what I want Right. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about, you know, because she's even like, again, it's the entire season four, but she's like, that doesn't make her happy. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because, I mean, she thinks it's what is going to make her happy. Yeah. Because right here, Dora is displaying a lot of ambivalence about whether or not she wants to take over the world. And Katra is the one who says right here, Katra is the one saying everything will be perfect as long as we stay together. And at the end of the episode, Adora is the one saying that same line, everything will be okay as long as we stay together. But they're both saying it in service of, will you just come do what I want to do because it'll be okay as long as we stay together. But they're both saying it to each other, wanting to do opposite things, trying to convince each other to do opposite things. And they're both saying everything will be okay as long as we stay together. But they're both trying to convince each other to do something the other one doesn't want to do. Yeah. It's the key distinction. Uh, it's, the, it's the subtle but like massive distinction of leaving with me, leaving with you and staying with me. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Key misunderstanding that on the surface, right? If you're too much, well, why didn't they? And it's like, there's a gulf between those two things. Yeah. There's right with leaving with the door. There's change. There's uncertainty. There's other people. There's unfamiliarity, right? right? Versus stay here with me and we'll rule the world. I don't really give a shit about ruling the world, but that's what you want to do. And I'll, right. we'll be here. But it's familiar and predictable. Exactly. I don't really buy that it's what Katra thinks Adora wants. I think it's more that it's familiar and predictable. I think she does. I, you know, I, I think at this point she's still, you know, there's still a misunderstanding, a mutual misunderstanding. And because she perceives you know even adora's leaving and adora's sheerness is like she's like oh you just want to right you want glory right right yeah that's the thing is that for a long time catra doesn't understand shira's thing and she thinks it's she wants to be shira because of the glory because of the praise because of the you know in yeah. the same way of like you want to rule the world so she perceives right. it through that lens because you know they're both misunderstanding each other but Katra's right. too catra is like oh if you you get force captain here which is just like Shira over there, right? It's the same thing. You wanted right. glory and power and success, which isn't what it is. Right, exactly. Also, I just want to point out that, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, one of my favorite AUs is Horde Queen's Catradora, where they they get to stay together and rule the world together, and it makes me happy because I love when evil lesbians are evil together. I know, I know that's your bag. Catra's so happy! Oh, and they conquer everything and they're together. Anyway, Whatever anyway. floats your boat, boo. Boat is floating I know you're there. also a, a Dark Willow fan. I am a Dark in Willow fan. Same, in that same milieu. Dark Willow makes me really sad, but. Uh, I love stories about I'm not going to yuck anyone else's power. yum. There's room in the world for everyone to enjoy the AUs and the fandoms that they enjoy. It's not hurting anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't think I'm hurting anybody. Oh, no, you're not, obviously. I'm just saying so. it's not my thing, but I'm not going to shit on it just because it's not my thing. Sure. Um, sure. I think it's important for people not to be like, I don't like that. Therefore, no one should like it. Yeah. I was, saying, I was just saying yeah. that Dark Willow personally makes me sad because it means that Tara's D word. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
Dark Willow makes me sad because she's fueled by pain. And yeah, and that too, that she's like fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah. Dark, and yeah. you know, her her I and I feel like, you know, her pain makes me sad. So it's not like, you know, whatever. Um it's complicated, guys. It's very complicated. It's complicated. There's so many layers. There are um, so many layers, but yeah. you know, like I like we've had been having the conversation. The conversation we were having is the one that they have. This is what we've always wanted. Everything will be perfect if we stay together. What if we don't? What if everything goes wrong? Stay right. with me. Right. And you know, yeah. stay with me versus right. you're yeah. just seeing things, it's all in your head. And yeah. meanwhile, Adora is seeing the landscape glitching start to be more severe and she's freaking mm-hmm. out because nobody else can see it. And she's like, Why can't you see that? Yep. And we have another, you know, sword callback before, you know, the holding the hands. We have like the yeah. you know, big big sword callback there. Yeah. But it's Catra initiating it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big theme in this episode as well. I mean, because that right, that is a, a visual representation of the come with me, stay with me, and mm-hmm. the, the the near misses with that of like, yeah. I'm gonna reach for you, are you gonna reach back? I'm gonna pull you up, I'm gonna let you go. There's all it's yeah. just it's really cool. It's really nice, yeah. like repeated theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a repeated theme throughout. I mean, I, I don't know if you were like alluding to this, but it's a repeated theme throughout the entire series. The yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, the, 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 I do too. I love it too. Just the, the characters that are always, they literally always have the push and pull tension. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty out. It's, you know, very literally drawn out. And I love that. And I think it's especially prevalent in this episode, specifically because this episode is such a heavy reworking and reference to the pilot. And it's so heavy in the pilot also. Yeah, yeah. One of these very, this- Pardon, sorry. It, 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 aside okay. from like promise, which was the first one we got, like is the another like very focused, and I think the, the second most uh, like intensely focused on like what is the core of this relationship? Like 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 let's yes. let's crack it open and and, yeah, and take course. it apart, like and trap this dial. Like what's making it tick? What's making it untick? Um, and uh, last thing I, I I think is also I like it when you know uh, dialogue works on multiple levels. Like mm-hmm. when I was like, why can't you see that? It's the yes. whole the whole episode is about perspective, right? And it's like, why yes. can't you see what's wrong? Why can't you see why I'm right? That's the whole point. They cannot see each other's, even now literally each other's perspective. Oh, I love that. That's right. That's right. And in this moment, when Catra says, Adora, stay with me, okay? She means stop seeing things and freaking out. Stay with me yeah. in this moment. But it's right. also the metaphor for the entire episode. Yeah, she's asking right. her and she's yeah. asking her to not you know, which is what she wanted to not see the things that are bothering her. Like, no, 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 don't look at that. Right, right. Which culminates in their final fight in the forest at the end of the episode, which is Uh, I have so much to say about that. We don't have to deal with it yet. Um, So while they're having this moment, the powerhouse Polyhule um, finds them, calls up to them from down on the ground because they have news. And then another portal glitch brings Catra and Adora immediately down to the ground, but everyone else acts like nothing happened, which is super weird for Adora. Would be for me too. Sure. I would be freaking the fuck out in Adora's sure. shoes. And Lonnie tells them they're shipping out to Selenius tonight what, as tonight? the portal continues glitching behind her. But hasn't it been a week? And Adora says it's not supposed right? to be for another week. And Lonnie says it's been a week. <laughs> and like the glitching is just continuing around her. Nobody else is noticing. Adora is getting more and more shook and Catra tries to soothe her, but I would not be soothed if in, if I was watching reality unravel around me and no one else was seeing it. And Adora has a pretty crucial line 
She says, I know this is wrong. Can't you see it? My memories don't match. We're jumping around. Things are disappearing. It's like time and space aren't working right. And I slap Adora. Yep. And that's when Katra interrupts her. And she says, Adora, stop it. Stop. And I think Katra knows at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Early is like queen of, uh, I don't want to feel this uncomfortable feeling. So it's like, no, yep. no, no. No, because if you start feeling it, then I deserve, uh-uh. No, no. Yep. Yeah, I don't think Katra knows exactly what is going on, but she knows that something is really wrong and she just doesn't want to look directly at it or deal with it. To some degree, there, there's an awareness and there is this absolute mm-hmm. terror. It's the same thing of like, no, you left already. I can please, I, you're going to leave now that everything's perfect again? As Am I, am I, yeah. that, am I that meaningless to you? Like, yeah. look, at, look at this life. We're here, we're together. And all you can do is fixate on how wrong things are. Stop. Yeah. Really? I yeah. brought you here. Yeah. Like, look, and you still don't want me? Yeah. Like, it's this desperation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really nailed it. Squish, squish, squish. <laughs> hey, Rebel Babies. I bet you didn't think that was the end of the episode. And technically it's not. But it is the end of part one. We had to cut this bitch in half because two and a half hours is just too long for the most ardent podcast lover to sit in one session. So have no fear. Part two will be dropped tomorrow. But for today, if you like what you heard and you want to help us make sure everything is fine, just fine, really fine, you can join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast. Or you can email us at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. If you just can't get enough of us and you want to join up with the rebellion, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash HeyAdoraCast. And usually we have a little bit of banter where we talk about all the great things you can find on our Patreon. But it's just me today, folks. So I'm going to tell you, go check out the Patreon if you're curious and you will see all of the wonderful extras, perks and fun FaceTime type things that you can have with us. Plus, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us gay more gaily and it helps more people find us. So that's a top notch thing you can do if you love us. And you can find all of these links plus this week's playlist in our show notes or at our gay ass website heyadora.gay I know you can remember that so remember kids queer joy is radical and queer love saves the universe we'll see you tomorrow for part two 